Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in once again. I love you guys for your support and believing in me. This has been fantastic, and I can't believe the feedback that keeps coming in of people that have been inspired from the stories that we keep hearing from these amazing guests. And today is no different. We have an, a, an amazing person joining us today. Her name is Heidi Tucker. Heidi, thank you for joining us. So great to be here, Todd. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm excited for people to hear your story today. Yeah. Um, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Siegfried and Jensen. Thank you so much. Uh, Wasatch Recovery. Uh, Veracity Networks and iHill Institute. You guys are fantastic. I can't thank you enough for believing in me and supporting this great cause and getting these stories out to as many people as we can. Um, and uh, again, thank you for tuning in. So a little background on, on Heidi. Heidi is an award-winning author and speaker. Her first two books, Finding Hope and in the Journey and Survey's Song, have won Book of the Year, which that's really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and Best Inspirational and Best Cover Awards as well. Her, she has a new release. I guess it's not so new right now, but uh, The Secret Keepers, which we're going to talk about. It's inspiring readers all over the world. Heidi has a gift for writing and speaking about light and hope. She's very passionate about hope and light, and you reference those two things a lot, and I'm excited for our listeners to hear more about that. Heidi is also known as a great storyteller who believes that every story not only teaches a gospel principle or a true principle, but can make you feel it. She motivates many to rise up, cling to their faith, and position their hearts to recognize God's hand in their life. Beautiful. I love that. And whether you believe in God or a higher power, you know, Heidi is very faith-driven, and uh, I really appreciate the way she lives her life. And um, here we are today to hear her amazing story. Yeah. So good to be here. Yeah. So why don't we start, Heidi? Tell us where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood. I am um, an Arizona rat. Oh, nice. I come from the desert in Arizona. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can survive triple digit temps. And winter for me is 50 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. My brother uh, lived in Arizona, uh -huh. and he'd come up here, and you know, it's sixty degrees here. We're in shorts, and a he's in a sweater. Oh and yeah, I'm like, I would just laugh at him. Oh yeah, when yeah. we come up mid June, <laughs> we've uh, when I left, I'm, I'm here in Utah right now, for the summer, and when I came up uh, in the middle of June, it was 119 the day oh, I left. Oh my goodness! And I got here, and I was spending some time over in Midway Park City area, and I was in a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Because of the extreme. But yeah, I'm the oldest of six kids and okay. and born and raised in Arizona. I flip-flop back and forth between Arizona and Utah and okay. love the beaches in California. Primarily stay west. Right. But I've got uh, four married kids and uh, I just turned 60 this month. Right and I'm loving that. I'm loving grandkids and yeah. and adult children and you all of that. You just had a new grandkid, right? Yeah, a few days number ago. eleven. Number eleven. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. So, how was it being the oldest of six? Oh, I was the bossy one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep things in order to be the little mom and yeah. and um, 
it was awesome though it was just really awesome I I we have a great relationship as kids and we've all gone you know different ways and we all got to have our own families yeah. but just this incredible love and respect for each other in the way that we each do things yeah which is different yeah it's it's interesting how where you're in the pecking order with your siblings really kind of dictates what your experience is you know mm -hmm. being the oldest has its different things about it being the middle being the youngest right. all those kind of things right and i always like to ask that question because it's just interesting how the, it's all different. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. So what were some of the things growing up that uh, that you could share with us that maybe you learned that's kind of, you know, maybe helped you up to this point in your life even? What were some of the lessons that uh, that you were taught? You know, I, I had really involved parents. And they were, they were always, I mean, six kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> how does my dad get to every event? I don't know how he did that, but he did. You know, we always knew he was there. He's got this shrill whistle. <laughs> and we would hear that, whether it's at a piano recital or a baseball game or a track right. meet, right? You hear that whistle and you're like, okay, dad's here. <laughs> so dad and mom, were yeah. they, just, they just made it. They made it. They were there yeah. to support, you know, whether it was the whole game or it was five minutes of it, they were there. And so it was just always showing up, consistency. Yeah. And I see that and I, I wanted to do that with my own children. Yeah. And I'm now sitting in the bleachers at my grandkids' games. Right. Because I want them to feel that same consistent right. support and love. Do you have the same whistle or? Uh, or? No, I don't, but I've always <laughs> wanted it. I've always wanted that yeah, whistle. Yeah, I've always, yeah, there's some people can do that. I know what I you're know. talking about. We had some neighbors and the mom had this same whistle and you could hear it from a block away. And all she'd have to do is whistle and I was like, oh, it's time for dinner. And they would all head yeah. home. But you could hear it. It's, it was yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. So I grew up in this really loving, supportive family, but... Um, my mom and dad always made us aware of others who were maybe not so fortunate, who didn't have mm. that kind of an upbringing or who had other struggles in their lives. And so it was always a sit down conversation at, around the dinner table of yeah. who reached out to the kid on the playground today that had no friends. Did any of you do that? Really? Yeah. They would ask you those specific oh, yeah. questions. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it would be, I want you to go, you know, my brothers or somebody would come up with somebody who they knew was handicapped or had some other issues and he was always by himself and my dad would say I want you to report back tomorrow what you did really yeah wow that's awesome so you know we did a lot of giving during the holidays mm -hmm. and spent a lot of time um, making other people's lives better yeah in very small ways because that's all we could do sure but to just be there so I've always sort of um, I've appreciated that as I've gotten older because I see that that comes from my parents. I still have a, a need to do that and to reach out and to notice right. the differences in others. Wow, what a, what a great thing to teach your kids. Yeah. I mean, to be able to specifically say, who reached out to the kid that was struggling today? Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. So, you know, tell us how you were as a child. Like, were you, a, you know, I mean, you obviously are a very confident person. You speak, you write. Were, were you that kind of confidence back then um, when you were growing up? Did you have those same kind of qualities? I, I loved uh, shining a little bit. I, play, I, played, I took lessons, piano lessons for oh. 13 years. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> you know, I remember doing recitals. I loved that moment in the spotlight mm, because yeah. I had worked really hard. Yeah. 
and felt confident in that moment. But um, in general, I am um, I'm a, I'm not as uh, outgoing as I am in front of the microphone. You know, if I walk into a big event, yeah, I, I have to sort of make myself okay. You know, be bold, take yeah. a step, go introduce yourself. Have to sort of put on a new right frame kind of, of mind to do that. Yeah, yeah, I gotta gotta give myself a pep talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so I'm not real. I'm not an extrovert. I would say that I'm a mix. I'm more. Okay. I'm kind of an introvert. I love my alone time. I love pondering life and mm -hmm. thinking. And I think that's what writing is. You know, there's nobody else in the room, right? It's just yeah. me, just you, and, and my computer, and yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, obviously you're a very good writer. You've written three books. You've got a fourth one on the way. We just men you mentioned off air before we started. When did you start realizing that you love writing? Was it was it when you were younger, or did this come later in life for you? This came later in life for me. This came when I was 50. Oh, and really? yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a business major from Arizona State University. <laughs> And um, I was in a really difficult year, actually. Mm. I, um, I had just turned 50. I knew my last child was going to leave the nest, and I was going to be an empty nester. Um, I had taught an early morning sort of a Bible study class, which we call seminary. And yeah. I was tired. I was really tired and pretty beat up mm. physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it was just a rock bottom kind of a year. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I had a dream. I was on an airplane going from Arizona to Utah, and I had a dream. And in that dream, I saw my hands holding a book. Mm. And I knew it was my book. And I remember in wow. the dream, I remember flipping through the pages and um, noticing chapter headings and things. I knew it was a book about hope. And uh, I woke up when the plane hit the runway in Salt Lake City. I woke up and I knew I, there was two things I had, two thoughts. And the first one was, that was so, so real. Yeah. And the second one was, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Why would I ever write a book? And why would anyone be interested in anything I have to say? And this is one of my cruddiest years yet. Mm. So what do I have to say that matters? And um, so it was a real uh, spiritual moment for me. Yeah. And a calling. It was kind of a calling um, to do something that I didn't realize I could do. Yeah. And so I sort of battled through the next several months before I finally said, okay, I'm going to do this. Wow. I'm going to do this and I'm going to talk about hope in my own life. <clears throat> and let's, let's get going with this. And <clears throat> here we go. And, yeah. and I remember the first time I sat down to write, it was amazing because it came pouring out, just yeah. pouring out. And so I, I haven't stopped since. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it all started from the dream, it sounds like. But it did. again, you're also going through a difficult year. Right. And if, if I can ask, were you, were you struggling with your own hope? Like, were you feeling at times hopeless during that difficult you year? You know, um, a little bit. I had a son that um, had been called to go on a mission for his church mm -hmm. in Russia, and um, he came home. He came home early. He was called for two years. Okay. He came home early. That sort of busted up my whole little cookie cutter, perfect life, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're expecting this to, you know, two years or whatever it comes back early. Right. 
and kind of like, oh, what's going on? And yeah, kind of rocks your world a little bit. It rocks my world and the expectations of exactly, you know, what I thought was going to be the little white picket fence um, life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was um, keeping depression away at arm's length. I was trying to, I went through a real hard depression mm. after my first child was born. Um, I mean, like fetal position like under a, her crib. Like a postpartum, Pos- uh, yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah, bad stuff. That really? was a bad time. And putting my husband through law school, so I'm the main oh. breadwinner, and I have yeah. to just, like, crawl to work. You know, I mean, it wow. was so hard. And I could feel that trying to come back, just those those strings of depression. Yeah, right. Because I'm in a vulnerable position in my own life. And things aren't going the way that I thought they would go, and I was tired, and I, you know, just physically and emotionally, and and so it was one of those years where I was doing a lot of running and a lot of hiking to try to stay ahead of what I felt was trying to grab a hold of me again. Right. Wow! And I didn't want to go to that dark place again. Sure. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's very real stuff that people go through, and obviously, it's interesting how an event that's not good can bring back. Up memories of an, a past event right. that are not good. Right. You know, um, so what I what I find really cool though, you're going through this difficult time, you have this dream about right, you know, holding your own book, and you know, afterwards you're like, you know, why I'm not gonna write. Who, yeah. you know, when you finally decided, you know what, I'm actually gonna do this, mm-hmm. did you feel like, man, it was almost like you found your sense of purpose again? Because I know a lot of moms go through this yeah. where kids are out of the nest. You know, it's all been about being a mom, 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 mom. And now it's like, well, now what? Yeah. So did you feel like that you found like another purpose to move forward? Right. And I had been just, you know, really, um, you know, kind of praying and meditating and trying to figure out where do I go from here? And do I find a whole new career? I had put a resume Mm -hmm. into all kinds of places. And I was just floundering, right? I was just rolling around in the mud. Like, what do I, where do I go from here? And when I started that first paragraph of chapter one in Finding Hope in the Journey, my first book, it's like I all of a sudden just came alive. Like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So, so that was, you know, quite the journey because for, for me, because, um, I wondered who even wants to, to know my my deepest thoughts and how I found hope in my life and how you can find hope and I just wondered how that would resonate with anybody besides me. Right. But um, <laughs> you know, people tell me all the time, you're telling your story, but when I'm reading your book, it's my story. The wow. details are just different. Right. Yeah. So, you know, again, you we said this in your intro that you're you're passionate about hope. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a minute, because, you know, yeah, hope is a is a beautiful word. It's right. it's a great thing to to have and to be looking forward to. Why does it mean so much to you, and and why is that such a big like I guess platform that you use moving forward with everything that you yeah. do? Yeah, everything everything that I write about, yeah. and every time I speak, you're gonna hear the theme of hope. Yeah, and um, I think it's just having um, a confident expectation and a longing for some promised blessing in your life that is coming that it is out there you just can't see it and you can't you don't know when it's going to happen but you just have this inner strength and this inner faith that things are going to be okay yeah 
you don't know what that's going to look like necessarily. But and so I'm drawn to that in other people's stories. Yeah. As they struggle, I mean, incredible struggles. The people that I write about have, I mean, off the chart struggles. Right. Right. You read their stories and you say, well, I can't complain for the next year about anything. Right. right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the number of people have told me that readers tell me that after the, they read, I think they're like, okay, my pity party is over. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I love that. I just, mm -hmm. the more I understand where people have been and where they've gone, you know, how they've risen up from incredible ashes of despair. Yeah. Wow. I love that. It motivates me in my own life. Mm -hmm. I just have this positive expectation and vision of life yeah. and the beauty of life through their stories. Yeah. I love what you said, a confident expectation that something good's on its way. Yeah. I love that. It's not just an expectation. It's not just a, a wish. I'm talking about a deeper, Yeah. a you, deep, something you know. that's deep within you Yeah. and you just trust it. Yeah. It's a confident expectation. So did you feel yourself as you're writing, you know, about other people's stories, which mm -hmm. we're going to get into, did it feel like at the same time you were kind of almost, you know, healing yourself or in other words, maybe increasing the hope for yourself at the same time? Oh, sure. I mean, I just absorb their stories yeah. and yeah, and I feel it. And I, I always say I like to write from my heart, not my head. Yeah. And uh, people say to me all the time, I cried when I read, um, you know, this book or this book. And I say, yeah, I cried when I wrote it, which yeah. is absolutely true. You know, tears running down my cheeks as I'm writing these stories because I'm putting myself in their position and I'm just trying to feel what they felt and to put yeah. that into words and to yeah. really recognize that incredible hope that they had deep down inside that they never let go of no matter what was happening in yeah. their life. Wow, that's beautiful, beautifully said. Well, speaking of that, you you know, you've written three books, got one on the way. Um, one of the books is The Secret Keepers. Yeah. Tell us about that. That's an interesting title. Mm -hmm. Why is it titled that? And then tell us about uh, who you've written about in there. Okay. I wrote this is about, amazing. Yeah. I wrote about Margie. Yeah. And uh, Margie reached out to me because she had read my first two books and she said, you know, you describe hope unlike anything I've ever read. And so it was this um, conversation that we had. A mutual friend put us together, and I, I said, would you just call her as the author? I mean, that would just mean the world to her. And so I yeah. love doing that. I love reaching out to readers. And yeah. I called her and said, thanked her for loving my books. And she said, well, you know, I have a story too, <laughs> right. which a lot of people say to me. But I, you know, I said, tell me about yourself. And I sat back in a comfortable chair, and within two minutes, I was up scrambling for a paper and a pencil. Right. Because I learned quickly that she she introduced me to dissociative identity disorder, mm -hmm. DID. Yep. Used to be called multiple personality disorder. Yeah. And she introduced me to that. I understood quickly that she had been um, horrifically abused and endured incredible trauma as a young child from the age of yeah. five throughout her childhood that was on so many levels. It was ritual abuse. It was sexual abuse. It was um, medical drug abuse. I mean, it was the whole gamut. And yet, and, that, and that's such a dark subject that I wouldn't right. normally write about, right? right. As an yeah. inspirational nonfiction <laughs> yeah. writer, yeah. I'm not, wouldn't normally be drawn to that. But what I was drawn to was this gratitude 
for her life and for beauty in the world and this courage that I could just feel through the phone yeah. and this f- incredible faith that she had that everything was eventually going to work out and she was still on that road. And to be able to go through all of that, I just thought to myself, she is the very definition of hope. Wow. And so I agreed to meet her. And um, f- a few months later, we met together and I walked away and said, I'm, I'm going to write that story. I feel like I'm supposed to write that story. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, even some of her family members and, and herself, she would say to me, I don't know how you can write about hope. I mean, it, it, I don't know how you can have a, a, an inspirational book from this dark story, but really the book is about her rise. Yeah. It's not about the abuse. Right. We have to mention the abuse in the first few chapters, but it's about her rise yeah. up out of this incredible, horrific life as a child. Yeah. So that got my attention. And those are the kind of stories that I love to tell and I love yeah. to inspire others through that. So she's amazing. Yeah. How did she feel about you writing about her story? Um, it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, she. It, we had to do the little dance, right? <laughs> right. We had to get to yeah. know each other. Yeah. Um, we had to learn to sort of love each other and trust. I mean, boy, she needed to trust me. Yeah. To open up. For sure. Right. Because those um, those parts that she carries, mm-hmm. which are abused children, in a sense. Yeah. Right. That's who those parts are. Right. That when they come out, they have a story to tell and they yeah. needed to trust that that I would listen and that I would respect and yeah. wow. that I would listen to them. They deserve to be heard. Yeah. And to tell that story, but um, but Margie has got such a great grasp um, through a, a lot of therapy that she's been through, that she, as the core, can always stay out front, right, and focused, and yeah. um, sort of get control of all of it. And it's it's an it's amazing to see, and I have such respect for her to be able to do that. Yeah. So she's carried on, and she's lived this um, this beautiful adult life in a marriage that has lasted, you know, through all of these decades wow. and which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And beautiful children and grandchildren. And so she's taken something that was so ugly and she's been able to rise up and make a beautiful life for herself and for all future generations. Right. Right. The abuse stopped with her. Wow. And that isn't that amazing. I it's mean that amazing. is the gift that she's given to everybody beyond her love that yeah she's affecting generations by this change yes i love that yeah it's just so admirable i've heard that once it's one of the hardest things to do is to change a pattern that's been going on so you can affect the generations behind you know that are going to come behind you Mm -hmm. amazing yeah it's so powerful (laughs) yeah and i used to i've said before to her margie if if you don't see any other blessings in your life if you don't feel like they're for you Think of the generational blessings that oh you've provided. Goodness. Yeah, they're they're never ending. Never ending. Yeah, so beautiful. So, how's the response been with this book? I mean, I already know, but I would love to hear you talk about the sort of responses that you've received from writing this book. Yeah, it's um, it's really incredible. I mean, it it um, to to win an inspirational award for twenty twenty one. It's amazing. I love that because the panel of judges, they come from all walks of life and all religions. I mean, it's not religion specific or anything. And for them to see this book that's about 
this dark subject and to say this is the inspirational book of the year. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love that they see that because that sure. was my intent. Yeah. We didn't want to write. I, I'm not a Stephen King author. I don't want to write that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, you're far from that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And if she wanted that written, she needed a new author. And right. we used to joke about that. Yeah. No, she wanted to write. A, yeah. She wanted her story to help others. Yeah. And um, so we were able to do that, I think, wow. because we're receiving a lot of feedback from people who don't know anything about DID. Right. They say, wow, you know, this opened up my entire world. Like, I, I get it, and I'm going to be sympathetic and sensitive to people who've been in abusive situations or yeah. just trauma. It doesn't, it's not just right. abuse. Yeah. Um, any kind of traumatic situation. Um, there's vets that come back from wars that have a little bit of DID issues. For and, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really, um, it's educational that way, but it's also so inspiring to watch what this woman does with her life. Yeah. And so the emails that um, I get, I always forward them on to Margie, sure. and we just cry. We just oh, read them goodness. and cry. And she said to me once when we were writing, um, compiling the book, she said, if I can just reach one person, this two-year project will be worth it. Yeah. Just one person. Well... She's reached thousands. Thousands and thousands. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. some more by just you being here, Heidi, sharing it again with yeah. the, with our listeners here. Right. You know? Yeah. When we um, we had the, the first book order came in, and so we had this big celebration, right? We opened the yeah. boxes together. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah here it amazing. is. Oh, my gosh. It's so real. <laughs> and so we, we sat down at her kitchen table and piled the books up, and we were going to sign 200 books <laughs> for a, an event that was coming up. Yeah. The two of us, we wanted both signatures on there. So I grab my pen, I start signing away, and I look over, and she's just sitting there, right? I said, Margie, are you okay? And she said, this little girl, you know, meaning this little girl that was abused, yeah. one of her parts, this little girl was ignored and not heard for so long. And look at this. Look at this book right in front of me. You know, yeah. here it is. And I had just um, received an order for books to go to England and Scotland. And I said to her, Margie, that little girl is going to be loved and heard yeah. all over the world. Wow. Yeah. And so we I'm just cried. Chills, seriously, yeah. like really. We just cried. I mean, it, yeah. it just is a, this full circle moment that she just can't believe she's put that story out there. Wow. But she feels this great sense of peace um, um, in in being vulnerable enough that she's letting her story be out there. Yeah. Because how scary is that? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, here's my story. I, I'm talk about vulnerability. Oh, yeah. And um, so it's just been an amazing journey to, to be with her and to have her trust me to tell it yeah. tell it the way it needs to be told. I've never been so nervous in, my, in all my books as to give her the manuscript and say, Yeah. Okay, read it and then call me. And I gave one to her husband and said, read it and call me. And it was just torture for the next three days. They read it in three days. Wow. Yeah, did I get it right? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did we, you know, are we going to inspire? Are we going to uplift? Mm -hmm. Are we going to enlighten? Because that's what we want to do. Yeah. At the same time with a full understanding of what's happened to her. Yeah. So wow. it's been amazing. And I feel like we've done that. And um she has said to me, you know, I've 
my whole life as a child, I've prayed and prayed and prayed that this would be taken away, you know, or that I'd have some miraculous healing, some mm -hmm. miraculous just take all of it away, right, yeah, right? Yeah. And she said, for the first time in my life, I feel like my healing is that I'm going to help others. Yeah. That's where I'm going to be healed. It's not going to be taken away. I'm going to just move forward and make a little difference in the yeah. lives of others. That's wow. the healing. That is, yeah. And isn't that, I mean, for her to say that when I know, you know, so much about where she's been is just, because I would like to have it taken away from her too. Yeah, right. You don't want anyone to suffer like that. You don't like want that. anyone to suffer like that as a yeah. child, as an innocent child. And oh for her to be able to have that recognition is yeah. just, and for that I'm a part of it is just, Amazing. I feel well, like I was called to it. It's amazing you did that, and it's amazing you wrote her story and, and, and allowed her to have this platform. You know, I've, I've heard it once said that if you want to leave a legacy, you need to write your story down. Mm. So what's so cool about this is that 100 years from now, someone's going to read this book, yeah, and it's going to save someone's life in that moment mm -hmm. and bring them that hope that you talk about, that you're so passionate about. That blows my mind when you look at it that way. Right. So you, because of you, obviously you have provided that for her that, again, affecting generations that we're talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reach Man. out and just make a difference in the, in the way that I can. You know, there's a lot yeah. of hurt in the world and there's a yeah. lot of mm -hmm. hard things out there. Yeah. And this is my very small part in... Mm -hmm. How can I make a little difference in the world? Yeah. How can I bring some light to somebody? Yeah, It's just my way. I can't do it all. <laughs> it can't be everywhere, but I can sure. do this. But you I can, can do, do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like you had that dream again. Exactly. And then here's this book. It's right in front of me right here, The Secret Keepers. And, and you share this amazing story of hope. And it's affecting people like you just said it all over the world. Mm -hmm. Had you not, had you just ignored the dream or said, nope, that's right. not what I'm doing. Which I wanted to so bad, <laughs> so bad. It's just funny. I, I, you know, it's amazing how there's these transformational moments in time mm -hmm. that when we act upon them, it's just amazing what comes of it. And yeah. Look at what you're doing. Yeah. It blows my mind. And it's not some big event, right? Right. Usually it's not. It's not. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I look back at how you even got started, right? The lemonade stand. The lemonade, oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. That's such a tiny moment. Yep. But it like completely yeah. turned things for you. Yeah. And that dream was, I could have just said, what a stupid dream, <laughs> right? right? And I did. I did. Right. In fact, I, but I knew, you know what, Todd, yeah. there was something inside me that just knew that was something more. But I didn't tell my husband about it. I didn't tell my kids about that dream because I didn't want it to be real. I wasn't ready yet, yeah, right. but it never left it never left my heart. And so at some point, and I look back and that was a complete transition into a new yeah. season of my life that I right. never saw coming. Yeah. And it can be that way for your listeners and, and it can be a small moment, you know, for anybody, yeah. a small moment to sort of pivot. Right. And say, okay, this is it. Wow, I love that. And you look back and it wasn't some huge, expensive, extravagant event. Nothing formal. Yeah. No. It can be just a really simple moment that can propel you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Onto 
better times and a healthier lifestyle or whatever yeah. is in front of you. Sure. Yeah. I think that's an important point you bring up because I think sometimes I hear it from my clients too that they're waiting for some big event yeah. or some big aha, something slapping upside the head. And I'm always telling them what you're just saying is, you know, it's usually really simple. It's actually really small, but yet powerful. Mm -hmm. It's the things that, so if you have this prompting or this feeling, you should probably act on it because you never know what's going to come of it. Right. You know, instead of waiting for this big we bang. want the, We want the billboard. Yeah. Right? I right. mean, I, I include myself in that when I say sure. we. We yeah. want the billboard that spells it out. Mm -hmm. And so often it's a whisper. It's not a billboard. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in the New Testament in Psalms uh, 4610 that says, Be still and know that I am God. And then if you cross-reference still in the footnote, it says mm -hmm. silence. And it's usually in those silent mm -hmm. moments is when it hits you. Because you said it. You were praying. You were meditating. You were trying to find your way. Right. Then you have this dream. It's no accident. No. I mean, that's, that's all I was part asking. of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, you know, someone will go, oh, yeah, it's just a dream. This, that. No, it obviously wasn't because here we are. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as you, you know, obviously you probably still stay in contact with her mm -hmm. and, and that, you know, and you love sharing other people's stories. Is that kind of your, what you're going to keep doing as you move forward with, I mean, I know you got another book you're working on. Right. You know, I don't know how much you can share of that, but yeah. uh, is that the focus is you're just going to keep sharing personal, powerful stories like this? As, you know, as long as they keep falling into my lap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I keep saying, you know, uh, my grandson the other day said, Grandma, when are you going to stop writing books? Are you going to stop writing when you retire? <laughs> and I said, you know, when God stops putting them in my lap, then mm -hmm. I'll stop. Yeah. But they just keep coming. And I, I just I wait for that sort of little feeling I get like, oh, wow, I need to yeah. tell this story. Yeah. I'm supposed to tell this story yeah. and help this person. And Love so. It. I will just keep doing that. I mean, my next book is about a, um, a boy in Kenya, Africa, who rises up from the largest slum there mm. and just outside of Nairobi and wow. um, eventually gets to the United States and he's just this incredible person and an adult and he lives here in Utah now and okay. he um, sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. He's... Mm -hmm. He's just a, a powerful individual and eventually went back and put a bid in to run for president of Kenya in 2017. So it's kind of this story of, again, it's the rise. It's how, yeah, did, rise. how did this boy that. come out of the slums and turn his life around and eventually be in a position where he could actually want to lead the people in Kenya? I mean, yeah, he's just amazing. And the, and the book's called Bridge of Miracles. And mm. It's going to be really powerful, um, really different. You know, it's very yeah. different from Margie's story, yeah. um, but I felt compelled to tell it. And so I'm excited about that. That'll probably be out in the spring. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. On that, man. That's amazing that you're doing this. Yeah. And, the, and I love, I mean, I can even feel it sitting here with you that how passionate you are about bringing hope to people, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. that's what your books are doing. and Yeah, I hope so. I hope it, you know, changes yeah. some lives and, and just gives people some uplift in their hard circumstances. And yeah. that's that's my mission is to yeah. do that. But I also receive every sure. story that I write, 
I learn principles from. Yeah. You know, for Margie, it was I've learned to trust my core. Mm. Uh, because that's what she has to do every single day when she yeah. wakes up. She has to find her core, whatever you want to call that, your your soul, your she calls it her core to move forward in life and to just trust that that she's got this divine identity and that yeah. she has to sort of tap into that and she matters because of that and she also taught me how to anchor in hope mm. because for her um, she taught me that you can't place your hope you can't place your anchor in people you don't want to place your anchor in circumstances because yeah. those can change and those for can sure. betray yeah for her her anchor is solidly placed in Christ. That's where she placed her anchor. Okay. For everybody, they need to find that. You know, where is that that anchor? And be careful yeah. where you place that. Yeah. And for her, it has served her well. And she yeah. has never lost her hope because of that. I love that. And then she's taught me persistence. Oh, my gosh, persistence yeah. every single day. Yeah. Yeah, she gets up and she finds a way to get through the day and to yeah. make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. She's kind. She's beautiful. She's loving. Wow. People that knew her that read this story, it blew them away. Really? Because they never saw it. Hmm. They never saw it. They, they can't believe she's been where she's been because, of, because she is such a gracious, loving, kind person. Wow. Yeah. So. Amazing. It's been that's, super fun. That's awesome. Well, you know, what is what does a day look like for you? Like what do you what does your day look like? Do, I wear many hats. Yeah. <laughs> I wear many hats. I've got my mom hat and my grandma hat, but I've also <laughs> I do um I do work for my husband's law firm, so okay. I do all their bookkeeping, which could not be more different than my writing, right? That right. is <laughs> those are two very different hats. Yeah, In right. fact, when I'm when I'm working at my computer doing uh, bookkeeping and payroll and all that kind of stuff, I'm playing you know fun rock music or whatever I want to listen to. You're right. And um, <laughs> and then if I'm going to write, um, it's a it's a different Pandora station. Yeah, I bet. It's a, it's an inspirational yeah. instrumental. No sure. words, just and I sort of fill my office. My kids, anybody that knows me, that when they walk in, they know if I'm writing based yeah. on what's playing in my office. Right. Gotcha. So I wear those different hats, and um, I spend some time marketing the books. Um, I mm -hmm. spend some time. I do a lot of work on social media, just with. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. I yeah. I I try to put really uplifting, all uplifting. So there's no sure. politics, right? Right. There's no re there's no um, yeah. specific religious affiliation. I just want to really reach reach out and just light up people's lives because yeah. it life is hard. There are yeah. hard things that we're going through. Yeah. Before the pandemic hit, there were hard things. Now sure. it's even more complicated. And yeah. I just want to try to make the world a little bit nicer. I love it. In whatever ways I can. And mm. so I just juggle those hats yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, but I do also love, and it's important for me with my depression, and I've got a little bit of anxiety in the morning that mm -hmm. I have to reach up over. Yeah. Um, it's important for me to be moving. And so early in the morning, you'll find me um, hiking or walking or okay. mountain biking. Okay. And that is my love yeah. to just get out there and 
you know, I've had people say, how, how do you even, how is that relaxing for you? <laughs> how do you get sort of yeah. inspiration for what you're writing or what you're going to do in life? I said, no, that's where it happens. Yeah. That's where it happens is on the mountain. Yep. For sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My arms and my legs are moving. Yeah. But my mind is clear as day. I never yeah. play music in my ears. Yeah. When I'm exercising, it's just silence. I just want to be in the beautiful, beautiful world and to recognize it and to be open. Boy, I love that. I'm, I'm the same way. I do. Some, I run and I mm -hmm. work out and I don't like to put music in my ears for that same reason. And I do. I get more inspiration. Yeah. And revelation when yeah. I'm doing those things. It's amazing how that happens. Yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. And just encouragement yeah. that maybe maybe just an encouragement that I may be on the right track, yeah. you know, or. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing, or I don't know. It's just a real, um, yeah. it's kind of my place of of openness and, and an open heart, mm -hmm. and am I doing okay? Yeah. Wow, I love that. What, uh, what do you love most about you? Ooh. I would say, I would say that, that I see, I can see the good in everybody. Mm. Really, that. truly. I yeah. mean, introduce me to anybody. And I want to have a conversation with you. I want to get to know you. And I would never say, what's wrong with you? I would say, what happened to you? Oh, I love that. And um, I've always felt that. Um, I feel like I see a silver lining in everything and in all people. And that's a, that's a natural gift. Yeah. And maybe my parents taught me that a little bit. Yeah. But well, yeah, go back to, yeah, hey, go who back did to you help today? Yeah. Who did you reach out to? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What about that kid that's in the cafeteria that Full nobody circle. sits by? Yeah. Man. And so I do, um, I do appreciate that about myself and mm -hmm. it, um, it, it helps me to be kinder and to see the good in the world. Wow. It is just everywhere, Boy, despite wow. what's, what you see on Facebook. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I, is good. I love that about you too, honestly. Thank and you. I know many people do, and you really are bringing a lot of hope into this world. If people want to reach out to you, they want to you know, find your books, they want to ask you a question, Mm -hmm. uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? HeidiTucker.com. Okay. Easy, because I've got a contact Easy. page on there. Okay. Yeah. And they, can they order their bo your books from yep, that? Yep, they can order their books okay. from there. They can also, they're on Amazon. Um, some of them are at Barnes & Noble, um, occasionally nice. Deseret Book. Okay. But really Amazon and um, and HeidiTucker.com. HeidiTucker.com. Yeah, you Beautiful. can just come straight to me and... Yeah. And I've got links there to everything, my Facebook, my Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel. So it's all there just all under there. Heidi Tucker. Right. Yeah. Easy, simple. Yep. Keep Very it simple. Good. Well, if there's someone listening to your voice right now who is lacking hope, mm -hmm. who is struggling, yeah, they're not sure what to do, they're in a dark place, What? you've already given some beautiful advice, but what advice could you give that one person right now who's in that place? Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I hear you, and I see you, and mm. recognize that the answers that you're looking for may be different than what you think they're going to look like, okay. because I've seen that over and over again in my own life 
and I've seen that in the lives of others whose stories I consume and just try to to write. Yeah. So uh, don't give up, but just open your heart and open all of your senses. Position your heart to recognize, to see and to hear and to feel that glimmer of hope because it may be in a form that you never saw coming. You may, we do that, we, yeah. right? We try to, we, th- we think we know what it's supposed to look like and we think we know what all the answers to our prayers are supposed to look like. And sometimes they don't look anything like that. Yeah. So just hang in there and don't give up hope. Be confident that something is going to happen and it just may be in a different package right. than you thought it would be. Yeah, might come in a dream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Um, Very well said. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you for being on the show today. Absolutely. And sharing your story and sharing your love, your light, your hope. Mm -hmm. I I love that you say I'm passionate about hope. I I love that you've made that decision. And and that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And I can feel it just sitting here with you. Well, I think we both do it, Todd, right? I mean, you're doing it in your way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're spreading hope and light throughout the world through this podcast yeah i'm doing it in my way yeah we're d- both just trying to make the world a little bit better exactly yeah. yeah well it's great to rub shoulders with you it's great to know you personally thank now, you see you face to face and i can't thank you enough for coming here and sharing it and um i just love what you're doing and if there's anything i can do to help you in the future or anything i can do just please let me let me know and just know that i really do want to to be there for you if you need it thank you yeah. appreciate you you're welcome well, there you go, folks. Uh, I told you this was going to be amazing. Heidi Tucker. Go to HeidiTucker.com. Check out her books. Order her books. Ask her a question. Reach out to her. If you if you really are feeling like you're struggling, she will obviously help you in any way she can. And uh, But again, we're, we're grateful to have Heidi in the world because we need more of this. We really are. So. so there you go. Thanks for tuning in. Please share this with your family. Please share this with people you may know that are struggling. Kind of like how her parents taught her, hey, who did you reach out today who was struggling at school today? Who did you sit by? You know. So I'm going to give you the same challenge with this podcast. Share it with someone who's struggling. Who was the person you sent it to? And uh, you're going to make a difference in their life by doing so. So I love you guys. Heidi, once again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Take so care. awesome to be here. Yeah. Good to have you. Take care, everybody.